Hey, welcome to the City Rev Life podcast. My name is Roby. This is Rebecca. And this episode is part of a larger series uh, about handling conflict in marriage and really taking that conflict and not seeing it as a strange thing or something that has gone wrong, but seeing it as a tool that we can actually grow, grow as individuals and grow deeper into our marriage. We just have to learn to get good at it. And so really one of the main questions we're answering through this, this series and in this episode is, I don't know if you've ever been at a point maybe in your marriage or in your relationship where you've been like, man, how did we get here? Like, I didn't see us getting to this point. Like, it's just, there's, we're saying things to each other. We don't want to say we're hurting each other, or I'm just so frustrated. I, I I'm feeling hopeless. I don't know if we're ever going to get out of this space. And so what we want to do in this episode is actually talk about how does that happen and give some of the background of what's happening, both actually physiologically in our bodies, in our brains during conflict, but also what's really happening relationally. And so um, that's really what we want to cover through this series, this, this episode. And so let's just start what is happening in the brain during conflict. Let's start there. Okay. So our brain, we're going to talk about two different parts of our brain. The first part we're going to talk about is our frontal lobe. Um, I call it the frontal lobe just because it's faster, but it's really called the prefrontal cortex. So if you're listening, it's the part right behind your forehead. And that part of your brain is really what sets us apart from all of the other creation that God has designed. It's a very unique part of our brain where we integrate things like our emotions and our logic, our reasoning, some of our memory and our language. It all kind of connects there and converges there, and it produces things like our words. It produces things like empathy, things like good judgment, good decision-making, and as well as analysis. So it's a lot of those higher functioning um, skills that we're capable of doing as human beings that the rest of creation doesn't have the ability to reason like we can. Hmm. So that's an important part of our brains that um, we want to know and educate ourselves about when talking about this topic and conflict. It's also important to note that this is the conscious part of our brains. When we choose to do something, we're activating that part of our brain. And it's by choice that a lot of those skills happen. Now, sometimes it happens automatic because we've done it so many times. We don't have to think necessarily about it um, so consciously, but that is the part of your brain where you're choosing um, and it's conscious. It develops fully at the age of around 25 to 30. So it's got a lot of neuroplasticity. But even if you're past 30 years old, is there's good news to know that we still have enough neuroplasticity that we can still integrate and learn new skills and create new pathways mm. in that part of our brain. Um, also, it's the part of your brain that when you're operating from it, you're releasing calming neurotransmitters. That is important for multiple different reasons, but I will just say this point. When you are operating from that part of your brain, you don't feel stressed. It's calming. It's You're okay. You're content. So a lot of us know what that feels like. We like to stay in that part of our brain because it's not stressful as much. So um, that impacts a lot of where we want to be in our brain when we're in our normal every day, but especially in the midst of conflict, right? Um, there's good indicators to let you know kind of when you're operating from that part of your brain. There's obviously the physiological side of, ah, I feel content. I don't feel as stressed. But there's also other indicators such as 
employing empathy, the ability to anticipate um, what another person is feeling, especially in the midst of conflict, but it doesn't overwhelm you. You're able to anticipate those feelings without feeling so overwhelmed yourself. Um, a sense of intuition. We've talked about in previous episodes where your body tends to manifest your emotions. And so you might feel that in your stomach, in your gut, in your muscle tension. And that's a sense of intuition. Your frontal lobe is taking all of those cues and drawing conclusions and analyzing those visceral responses to our environment and that informs us and guides us and eventually helps inform our hopefully good decisions that we make. It's also the place where we can override fear and that's an important part. We can override fear in that part of our brain. And lastly, we also can become less reactive. We can kind of slow down, hit the pause button, and take inventory of all that information that's coming in, letting our brains integrate it and communicate it in a way before we necessarily react to it. Which is all of that, I think, is so important when we're talking about conflict because uh, if I'm understanding right, this is the part of the brain that it, it's not like it says, it's not the very reactive part. Correct. It's the part that is, um, is kind of logically reasoning through what's being said. And, um, and so I, I think that's super important. I'm, I'm thinking about the, the proverb, um, Proverbs 21 verse 23, whoever keeps his mouth and his tongue keeps himself out of trouble. <laughs> that is like, man, when you're talking about marriage and conflict, I think, um, in intuitively, we all know that's true. And so it, this is the part of the brain where if I'm controlling how I'm reacting, controlling how I'm responding, controlling like, you know what, I'm not going to say that right now, um, controlling those parts. And uh, that's, that's wisdom. That's biblical wisdom to be in control mm -hmm. of how you're responding. And so if I'm understanding correctly, that there's that part of the brain, that, that uh, frontal lobe is the part where when we're operating in that spot, in that spot, when we're up, when that part is being stimulated in our brains, then we're more in control of what we say and how we're perceiving the situation. Is that my tracking? Absolutely. It's like that proverb that you bring up is so poignant for that point. It's like that proverb's beckoning us, stay in your frontal lobe, mm -hmm. stay there because that's where you can choose to um, listen and, and instead of react. Yes. Now, um, I'm perceiving in my frontal lobe that there is also another part of the brain because I'm, I'm not always in my frontal lobe. So I'm obviously in another part of my brain at times. So what's the other part of the brain? Well, that's very insightful of you. Oh, you integrated you. that information very, very well. Wow. Thank you. <laughs> what a great frontal lobe you have. No. <laughs> All right. You. We could go on like this. <laughs> we could continue on and have an entire episode we, about that, yes, but we, we won't. Will. Um, so the other part of our brain that we're going to kind of compare and contrast with our frontal lobe is the amygdala, the kind of stress center part of our brain. And it's, um, whereas the frontal lobe is in more of the front of your brain, the amygdala or the stress center is in the back of your brain. The amygdala is going to be your unconscious part of your brain where that part of your brain is very important. And it, it, um, that area is also responsible for things like breathing and your heart beating. You don't have to think about those things, right? They, you just do them instinctually. And thank goodness that God designed our brains that way so we don't have to think about so many aspects of our life that just happen naturally every day. And so, but one of the pieces of that unconscious part of our brain is the amygdala. I call it the stress center um, because our response to 
fear is either fight, flight, or freeze. Those are just the instinctual three main parts of our, our parts of the reaction that we have that are just built in and wired into our brains. Um, <clears throat> and so it's important to know that, that that's how God designed you. It's not necessarily bad or, or, or good. It's actually both. We need that instinctual part of our brain, but it's our frontal lobe that helps us analyze that. And I would think that that part of our brains that is in control of the, fl- the fight, flight, or freeze is something that we share with other parts of the animal kingdom. We do. Absolutely. So that's our reptilian brain. That's a really good point. And so we do share that with different parts of, of the animal kingdom, you know, like that sense of I'm going to protect myself. And that's why an alligator responds the way they do, or a snake does. That's, that's the only part of their brain that they have. Hmm. (laughs) So we do share that with them. Um, and so, but when we are operating from that part of our brain, we release, um, not calming neurotransmitters. And we all know what that feels like. It's, we release the type of transmitters that are excitatory and they would lead to muscle tension and they lead to heightened awareness. Our pupils dilate, um, our, our pace and our heart beat quickens. And there's a reason why, because if we don't feel safe, that is getting us at- our attention. That is alerting, hey, frontal lobe, I need you to analyze this. Tell me, am I in danger? Um, and we can feel that visceral and that physiological response, not just in physical safety or times when we feel danger from a physical standpoint, but even emotional felt safety. Mm. So those, that physiological response cues us to let us know, Hey, this is where we're at in our brain and our body ways that you can, um, discern where you're at with which part of your brain you're operating from. If you're operating from the, the amygdala or the stress center, you're going to have tip basically three different responses. You're going to maybe flight. So in the midst of a uh, interpersonal conflict, you might withdraw, you might retreat. That's a version of fleeing from a place where you don't feel emotionally safe. You might freeze. You might have that sense of, I don't know what to do. So I'm just kind of sitting here silently. And someone who maybe is very good at thinking on their feet might feel frustrated with that because they're looking for some feedback and you might be unintentionally communicating. Mm. I don't care enough to respond when in actuality in your brain, you're just frozen because you don't know how to respond. Um, Also, another way that that can manifest is you kind of get stuck in the same rut. Maybe you kind of bring up the same point over and over again. So you kind of get stuck in, in one particular rhythm and that's another indicator that you're in that freeze part of your brain. Or lastly, we just tend to fight. We've got some people that just just go for it. They know how to fight. It's very reactive. And so if you are finding yourself in one of those three categories, chances are you're responding more out of that back stress center part of your brain than the front part of your brain. And if you take inventory, that's not going to feel as comfortable. You're not quite as content in your brain and your body when you're operating from that part of your brain. And over time can become more and more toxic, not only to yourself interpersonally, but also toxic to, toxic to your relationships. Yeah. And I think again, Proverbs is so great. Uh, it just gives such practical wisdom and we realize the depth that, that it really has. Uh, Proverbs 12, 18 Whereas the other proverb we said, it talked about, um, man, you're wise if you can control what you say. The, the inverse is true too. Proverbs 12, 18, there is one whose rash words are like sword thrusts, 
but the tongue of the wise brings healing. And so when I think of rash words, I think about those words that I just say, I'm just reactionary, you know, it's, and I'm operating not out of the calm. I'm going to think about this. I'm going to think on how I'm going to respond. I'm going to be empathetic. I'm going to be logical, but it's the other part of the brain that's just can't help it. And Mm -hmm. it's just says those things and those words. And I think this is important. Those words, Proverbs, the Bible. So, um, through the writer here, God is communicating to us. Those are like sword thrusts. So the old adage of sticks and stones break my bones, but words will never hurt me. That's not biblical. Hmm. The Bible says, yeah, it's not like sticks and stones. Hmm. It's like a sword. And so it gets right to the soul. And so staying out of that stress center where we're just reactionary and saying things that are deeply Hmm. wounding is important. And so um, it sounds like the goal then would be to be uh, out of that stress center. Right. So that stress center, it's how God designed us. And it doesn't necessarily mean that we ignore it, Hmm. but we use it as a tool. And so the ultimate goal is to throw the information that the stress center gives us right at the frontal lobe, because our stress center, while it's instinctual and and provides us with a lot of information and intel that we need, it has no reality principle. It can't tell you um, the difference between right and wrong. It can't tell you a confirmed threat versus a perceived threat. So that part of your brain, while it gives intel, it's not capable of drawing good, logical, sound conclusions. So you need to take that information and throw it to the frontal lobe and say, hey, frontal lobe, I need you to analyze this for me because I'm perceiving this as a threat uh, to my safety. And I need to know, is this a confirmed threat? Um, Some way that I think about this regularly is sometimes I go running and there's a certain part in my run that I used to, um, that at one point in time, about a year ago, there was a water moccasin. And um, I, every time I come around that part, even a year later, I just think about, uh oh, is there going to be another snake here? And even though multiple times I have run by that spot again and there has been no snake, I I can't help it, but that thought is brought to my mind. And that's my amygdala remembering and alerting me, hey, there was a water moccasin here that one time. Remember that? And I'm like, yeah, 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 I remember it. I'm calming my amygdala down. It's fine. But as I approach, I do take some care and caution to say, hey, what if there's a nest there? What if there's eggs there? What if, I don't know. So I'm analyzing in my frontal lobe. And as I'm getting closer, I do see something. And so now I have to decide, is this whatever it is in the road worth enough for me to reroute and move out of the way? Or is it safe enough for me to continue going? And as I get closer and as my frontal lobe is analyzing what's in front of me, oh, I see it's just a stick. So I'm able to move forward knowing that that perceived threat is not a confirmed threat, that I am actually safe and it's okay. And so that on a very, you know, surface level example is kind of what we're doing emotionally and underneath the surface in our conflict. We're constantly analyzing danger, danger, danger. And in in a personal conflict, we can feel very unsafe. And so that part of our brain, if we continue to react from that part of our brain, rather than send all of that information to the frontal lobe, we not only do ourselves a disservice, we do our relationship harm, just like you were saying. Yeah. And I think that's so important. I think what's important about this, uh, important to understand about the physiology is it helps us normalize conflict mm-hmm. and it helps us understand 
it's okay that there's conflict in, in your marriage. That's again, part of God's tool. And I think it helps us understand each other. And we always feel very justified in how we respond. Why? Because it's our amygdala saying, hey, this is not safe. And so we're instinctually responding. But oftentimes we resent how our spouse is responding. And so this helps us understand that they're not trying to, to hurt, hurt us. Um, at least, um, hopefully it's not an extreme situation where someone's actually trying to hurt someone. Um, most of the time, this is what's happening. They're responding mm -hmm. from that stress center. And so understanding this is so important. Okay. Now I, it's important we lay down the science. However, I don't think I've ever been in a fight where I'm like, man, my, my amygdala just needs to <laughs> calm down. Okay. Like we just need to get back to the frontal lobe here and everything be fine. So I think the science is important. Yep. Let's bring this down to earth. Yep. Uh, that's what's happening physiologically, but what's happening relationally, what's happening in the communication. Yeah. Well, and what you end up doing is one cue that those, those misfires are happening is you end up fighting about how you're fighting. So you've got the initial conflict of, hey, we need to sort this out, or we have two different perspectives on how to problem solve here. But when that stress center is taking more of the lead in how you're resolving conflict, now you end up feeling hurt. So now you've got two conversations you got to deal with. You got to deal with the content at hand, which is what initiated the conversation, but then you've also got the hurt as a result of not fighting well and that stress center taking the lead in your fight flight or freeze responses to each other so like for example like if a couple's like hey um do you want to order pizza tonight and the other one says yeah i would uh, let's get pizza and then one says uh, well what do you want on the pizza and the other says um well i was thinking we get olives we don't usually get olives i think we should get uh, olives on the pizza and the other one says what olives that's disgusting how could you want olives on the pizza like how could you say that like that? Like do you, do, that that's hurtful. You think I'm disgusting because I want olives? No, you know that I don't like olives and you still want olives. So now they're saying, well, that that's hurtful when you say, I didn't mm -hmm. do that on purpose. No, you yep. did do that on purpose. So it started with the conflict of disagreeing about the pizza topping, yep. but then it became about how they reacted to that particular conflict. And so now you have two fights, right? What's the pizza topping and now well, let's not hurt each other while we're trying to work to the conflict. Right. So I, I think it's so important knowing how to fight well, um, helps prevent additional conflict just about the conflict. Exactly. Yeah. You're just adding fuel to the fire at that point. And I, and research shows that if you can iron out how to do that, well, you're more likely to have greater success in those moments. And so inherent in how you have the conversation is like an unspoken validation for the party, the, the opposite party. And so recognizing how to do it well creates this safety net of you are safe. It's okay. We can have different opinions. We can disagree. And um, being able to iron that out well will help lead the conversation to be what the conversation is supposed to be about the content rather than how you're having it. Um, things like your pace, your nonverbals, your tone, using strategic words, that's kind of acts as like a safety net that keeps you operating out of that frontal lobe and disarming 
the fear center, the stress center. So you're wanting to keep that for each other. And the, you can only do that for yourself so much. The other person can help guard and protect. Hey, let me disarm the stress center from going off regularly. And you can do that for each other. And when you do that, that keeps you more flexible and adaptable in times of stress. That inherent validation that occurs when you have a conversation effectively becomes kind of the anchor for remaining flexible and adaptable in times of stress. So I think the big takeaway from this episode is to, first of all, normalize, understand why you and your spouse are responding the way that you are. Understand what's happening, both physiologically, what's happening relationally, and the big takeaway. So here's the thing you can actually take with you out of this episode is in these conflicts, create a, a place of safety, that this is a safe place to have th these conflicts. And uh, we're going to be going even deeper into that in coming episodes. But let's just start here. The overarching goal is during these conflicts is to create a safe space to have it and make your and make your spouse feel safe. So we're, we're going to stop here for this episode. Thank you so much for joining us. And we will see you next time. Thank you for joining us on City Rev Life. You can subscribe to this podcast, rate and review wherever you're listening to this. And we love it when you share it with your friends on social media. For more videos and content, go ahead and check us out at cityrev.org slash podcast or download our City Rev Church app. Have a great day.